What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Mark Otero, who's the founder of Osra Games. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. Glad to be here. Thank you uh, for having me here. 100%. Excited to have you on and looking forward to learning more about what you are working on. For people that haven't heard of your company, what are you working on? What is Osra Games? So Osra Games is a video game company located primarily here in Sacramento, California. And we were a group of about 41 full-time employees and about 44 uh, with contractors, and we specialize in making RPG games. And we have, as a group, worked together before. We're about one year old. Um, we've raised about $25 million in seed, primarily from Andreessen Horowitz, uh, with participation from NFX, Coinbase Ventures, Franklin Templeton Investments, and Play Ventures. All right, so let's dive a little deeper into this. So do you primarily focus working one game at a time, going kind of like great hit after hit? Or do you, are you working on one primary game? Help us understand a little bit of like, how does a, how does a game company work like yours? So, you know, in, as part of the introduction in terms of our specialization in RPG games, um, the reason why that is important is because historically as a team, even though we're a new studio about one year old, uh, we're from another studio called EA Capital Games, which um, I co-founded, uh, and it was formerly known as Click Nation. Um, and Click Nation was a RPG game maker uh, with about seventy-six employees. We we're profitable, and uh, you know, as the game designer and producer and director um, of our RPG titles for Click Nation, you know, we grew from two to seventy-six people on our profits uh, on the games that I designed. Uh, within two years, and then we sold it to Electronic Arts. The studio Click Nation became EA Capital Games. Um, that history is important because Osra Games is mostly made up of former employees of EA Capital Games or Click Nation. And so while we're a new studio, uh, the team itself, we've worked together for many years working on RPG games. And so we have made previously to Osra Games, I have worked on either design, produce, or directed. I have worked on eight collectible and combat RPG games. And so now to, to answer your question, you get a, a good sense of our history and you know what specialization and what skills that we picked up to make the type of games that we, uh, that we make. And so we're currently working on a new game called Legions and Legends. And it's also to no surprise, it is our ninth collectibles and combat RPG game. Uh, we're very interested in the Web3 space, 
Um, and the reason for that is because we believe that it could potentially be a natural evolution of free-to-play in that you have digital assets in free-to-play. You also have digital assets in Web3 with some key differences and utility when it comes to potential ownership. So I'm curious, like, what has what's changed and what hasn't changed as you have used as you're working on essentially like a new studio, but it's not exactly a new studio. Are there things that are different, even though it's very similar people, as you work on this and raise money and build up this new brand? Yeah, you know what's really exciting is that the market. When I talk about the market, I, I'm generally talking about people who can potentially consume or play video games. That's constantly shifting. With the as technology begins to you know evolve, like with a mobile phone getting more powerful, um, Web three as a potential breakthrough technology for uh, ownership. When you have market forces that are constantly beginning to evolve, or they erupt on the scene almost seemingly out of nowhere, it introduces new opportunities uh, for play. And so, even though we've worked and launched. Um, eight commercial RPG games, each game has its own set of challenges because the market forces change. And this is why we specialize on one game because really each game is almost like a miracle. You know, because when you're starting a game, you have so many unanswered questions because the market's not going to tell you all the answers. You have to discover them and you have to have an hypothesis of what will resonate with players. And, and and so that is an incredibly difficult process. And so you have to have experience and systems and principles that you rely on that are not completely beholden to what the latest buzzwords are and what the latest trends are. Um, I am not easily seduced by trends and buzzwords. And it's because we've made so many of these that we first always start with principles. You know, what exactly are we building? Um, you know, when many people play video games, um, I, I may see them differently. And so what I mean by that is ultimately in my opinion, you know, life is hard, right? We've got bills, we have taxes. Some of us might have children, you got a mortgage payment. Life is hard and it doesn't seem to be getting any easier. And so an, an antidote to a hard life is the fantasy that video games can facilitate. And, and so being aware of that for us, when we're designing a role-playing game, we're very aware of the human emotions, the motivations, and the deep desires um, that people long to create outside of their life. And that's ultimately why we're here. And that's why every game is so difficult. And I'm also curious, you know, you shared a little bit about the origin story for, for this studio, for Osborne Games, but like going back to when you just first started making games, designing games, how'd you get into this, you know, making games? Like, how'd you fall into this kind of path that, that has led you here? Hardship um, led me here. And um, I don't say that lightly. And so I, I grew up in South Korea of incredibly modest means by, I think, any standard. And as a, as a result of these very modest means, uh, what many would consider a very tough life, I've, I found uh, you know a game called Dungeons and Dragons. This was back in the late 70s, early 30s. It was a tabletop um, RPG game. And I immediately was captivated uh, by the ability to tell my own stories 
and to participate in other stories that took me out of my life. And that had such a profound impact on me that that would later become a dungeon master, which basically means a person who facilitates the stories for other players to play. I did that for 10 years, primarily for Dungeon Dragons and Battletech. And I knew then at an early age in elementary school that I wanted to become a video game maker. And but the path to becoming and making video games was not a straight line. And um, and so studied computer science, um, you know, went to graduate school in AI uh, to learn more about how I can create, you know, some of these experiences. Um, they eventually received my MBA. But long story short of all that is I got caught up in the corporate world. I kept getting promoted uh, in a very short period of time for a very large financial company called Franklin Templeton, which is a great company, by the way. And um, I became a manager of this department. I realized how miserable I was. And the more money I made, the more miserable I became. And so I knew I needed to change. Um, and so my, my mid-30s, I took a chance and opened up a yogurt shop. I know this is a weird story, but opened up a yogurt shop because I know I needed a source of income. And the yogurt shop ended up becoming a hit yogurt shop. And so I took the proceeds from there and uh, I met the co-founder of Click Nation, Ken Walton. And I met him because we were buying his house. <laughs> so, um, and we, I began designing games in the stock room of the yogurt shop. And the first game became an indie hit game. And I thought we got lucky and I was deeply insecure about my lack of knowledge. And then designed and produced our second game, which became a hit twice as fast. And so, and so I realized, you know, hardship and having gone through the creative process of creating stories for others for over a decade in my own time led me to, you know, the path of creating games for millions of players eventually. And so my eighth game was Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, where I was a general manager um, of that game. And that game would go on to become Electronic Arts' top grossing mobile game seven years in a row. And I believe the top grossing Star Wars game of all time. And so if you connect all the dots, there's a lot of connections that are eventually made. Uh, But it started at a very young age in South Korea. I appreciate you sharing that story. Like, what a journey. Um, And congrats on, you know, onward and upward as you've gone throughout it. Um, Which leads me to ask, though, obviously, you're still on your journey. You're really, in some ways, just getting started as you're with this new studio. So I'm curious, what is the big vision for Osborne Games? If you were to look out, look out 10, 15, 20 years, what have you built then? And what does it look like looking back? You know, I see myself from the perspective of a modern day bard. And instead of singing and and telling stories, you know, in one tavern, you know, I see Osra Games as a company that creates multiple fantasies um, across, you know, different potential ideas, whether it's a power, whether it's, whether it's love. Um, It's really about you know, Osra Games creating these incredible stories for people um, that hopefully stand the test of time. And so, I mean, that's what I'm really interested and passionate about. And I know that as as a studio, 
Um, you know, all of us grew up playing with toys. And so we're all storytellers, by the way. You know, when you play with toys, whether it's G.I. Joe or Star Wars um, and your figurines, you're really those are really storytelling devices and they're unlimited storytelling devices. And so the the ability to continue to tell these stories and resonate from an early childhood experience and to and to realize that and to provide that for adults you know, we want to continue to make RPG games, you know, 10 years out. And we want this to be the greatest fantasy experiences for our players. And so this is what motivates us. I'm curious, in order to make that vision happen and bring it to life, you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work and scale. Yep. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring, raising money, looking for users, players? You know, how can we assist in our ecosystem? You know, for us is, um, you know, we have a set of creation stories for our first game that are going to be released on YouTube uh, sometime later this month or in early March. And as the way we currently have them planned is they're going to be weekly episodic stories. And and so feedback uh, on these stories is very helpful because these stories are are, are effectively design elements uh, within the game that we're building. And so getting feedback on YouTube and on our social channels about, you know, what resonates with them and getting real-time feedback is very helpful for us. For example, I'll give you an example. So in our, in our fictional game world, it's very similar to Earth. And 10,000 years ago, it, you know, in our fantasy world, there was a golden age of science and technology. Um, and if that sounds familiar, it's because it's not all that different than if you take a look at the pyramids. If you take a look at the Great Sphinx, you know, these are these are very advanced cultures that built these things. And then something happened. Technology was lost. A great war happened in our world. And you fast forward 10,000 years later. Um, this is the world that we put you in. What happened? You know, what happened to these legends? What happened to these giants that we read about? And here's the catch. They're real and they've returned. And so that's where our story begins. And so for us, we're going to be leaking elements of that within our YouTube and we want feedback. You know, do you like it? Do you think it sucks? Or would you like more of this hero and that hero? And so we're really taking the creation story and the folklore across all cultures, by the way, world cultures, and we're sprinkling them in our world. I love that. This is going to be so fun. I'm definitely going to check those out once they're live. And I guess for my last question is if someone wanted to learn more about you know, your YouTube, your videos, your games, everything that you're doing, how can they find you on the internet? Do you have a website, social mm -hmm. media, email, you know, how can someone connect with your brand? So the, the, the easiest way to connect with Osra games or with the game itself is through our Twitter, um, Osra games. And, um, I believe we have about 30 to 40,000 followers right now. And so we interact with them on a, on a pretty frequent basis. If you want to interact more with the game, you can check out Legions and Legends, the Twitter handle. And um, you can learn about some of the lore, some of the stories. And these are all rough drafts. You know, we're, we're going to continue to change them. They're not canon. And so feedback for us is the most important thing. And, and, at, and the reason for that is because we're really in service to our customers at the end of the day. That's why we're here. And so our, do you like our stories? Do you want us to, you know, change? That is what's most useful for us. Cool. Well, this is awesome. I appreciate you coming out of the podcast and best of luck building this out.
Appreciate it. Thank you for uh, having us on your show, Matt.